aren't you thankful for that? He'd look beyond your faults, your mistakes, your failures, all the things you've done, and he sees your need this morning. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father, I just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for all the worship and the glory and honor to you, Lord, and Lord, the Spirit of God that we've felt thus far, and we just ask that you would continue to move, Lord. Continue to speak to our hearts, Father. Just move me out of the way, I pray, Father, that you can use this vessel one more time. We just ask that you would just come in a special way this morning or deal with each and every heart, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll let you be seated for a moment before we go to the scriptures. Amen. I have a few things to say. I, it's my first time to... Uh, I believe to speak since I've been home. Or anyway, I haven't had we had was going to plan on doing a. Um, uh, y'all can be dismissed. We were planning on doing a um, uh, report on our mission trip, but decided to kind of break it up and do a little different. So, Brother Craig, I believe had talked about Japan and the things that had happened there. And you know, as we left here, I, I told my wife, I said, I don't know if I've ever been overseas. Where I felt like I just, when I'm leaving, I felt like I just come back. <laughs> I was so wore out and exhausted from the camp and things and things that had happened there and the prayer lines and the afterwards there at, after camp at Brother David's and and uh, just and so my body was real wore down and actually got pretty sick on the way over there. Landed in Japan, my ears was all stopped up and so I was really having a rough time. And I spoke the first service and. After I got through, Brother Craig said, you know what, that's it for you. Um, you uh, the, the kids in the Philippines need you, so we can, we can handle it from here. And, and so I just was able to rest for a minute and get, get on my feet because I had five services to preach there in the Philippines to the young people. And you can bring those up as we talk about this. And so me and Brother Tim Winters left on Tuesday to head to the Philippines, and, and uh, we got there Tuesday night. And uh, you talk about a cultural shock. Um, you leave, you know, Shreveport, just a little small airport, and, and, and you go to those places, and there's just not just seemingly thousands. It seems like millions of people swarming around you, and, and you don't have cell phone service immediately when you land, so you don't know where the brothers are to pick you up, and you're looking around like a little lost lamb and <laughs> trying to figure out your way, and finally we got connected, and then, and this was, we landed about 8.30 at night, and 9 o'clock, something like that, 9.30 by the time we got out of the airport, and we go right into rush hour, at 9 o'clock at night, and I believe um, um, Philippines is English for traffic, <laughs> it was the most traffic I ever seen in my life, in the Manila there, and um uh, just uh, we it took we went a couple of miles to the hotel, but it took like an hour and a half to get to the hotel, and and just through bumper to bumper, it looked like a parking lot out on the highway, and you know you'd have three or four lanes, but they'd go six or seven cars wide, and and you know just and then in between all the cars was motorcycles and everything. We'll get some of those pictures in a minute, but uh, you know all through the all through that you know and then motorcycles going in and out and we're just looking at that and it's like man there's not a driver in the United States to let a motorcycle do what they're doing. It'd be a door opening up and slamming them or something I guarantee. But that's just the way they operate. 
And so, you know, they're moving on through. And, and, then, and then we get down the road a little bit. In the middle of the road, in the middle of all this chaos, is a man standing in the middle of the road selling peanuts. I mean, he's willing to die for peanuts. Reminded me of that Wednesday night, Brother, Brother Tim mentioned that quote where Brother Branham said, throw your whirly bag of peanuts down and get on the train. That's what you're doing. If you still got peanuts today, you're standing in a bunch of traffic and you're going to die. But there is a way out of it. Amen. But anyway, uh, we got there and we got to the hotel, spent the night, got up the next morning, went to the camp a couple of hours away, and we gathered here at this place. It was a resort uh, there, which a resort there is not what you think of a resort is not, uh, you know, what we would have in the United States. But it was a nice place, and they'd done everything they could to make us comfortable and enjoy ourselves. And we sure appreciate Brother Danny Del Mundo and all the ministry there. They're a model. I mean, it's, a, it's really amazing what they do and how they do it and work together. And uh, I really appreciate their love for the Lord and their, their want to do something for young people. They normally have their camp on Easter weekend, which is, of course, the same weekend as ours. And uh, he had asked me last year when he was here to come, and I said, well, Brother Danny, I said, I'm booked, as far as I know, on Easter weekend until the rapture. And so I, I can't give you, a, I gave you a yes on that day. He said, well, I'll see what I can do. So we waited till January. He texted me, and he said, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna, I can't move it this year. We'll have you next year. And about five days later, he said, I can't help it. You got to come this year. We're going to move it, and so we're going to have it this such and such weekend. Can you come? Well, what am I supposed to say then? So I say yes. And uh, so anyway, uh, we got there Wednesday night, and they gathered together. And I, I tell you, I, I haven't seen as much talent and love for the Lord and, and just willingness to serve God and these young people. And just a wonderful group. It's a tribute to good ministry there in the Philippines. So this is the, one of the pictures here. You can go on. And this is just during the day, sitting around. You know, they wanted us to, to visit, so we'd sit around. Of course, they found out really quickly Brother Tim Winters could sing. And, and uh, you know, they, they came running from everywhere to listen to him sing. So this is this picture, actually, some of this mixed up because I wasn't able to get it all in the right order. But this is actually on Sunday at Brother Danny's church. I preached at his church Sunday, and Brother Tim's out afterwards. This is his church here. They live to the right and the bottom there, and up those stairs into the back is his church. Got a real nice place there. And uh, this is where they, this is their old church, is just right behind where I'd taken that previous picture. And uh, this is where they have their Sunday school for kids now there at their church. Now, this group here was amazing. His brother Rolando. And um, he's a wonderful man. He's a wonderful musician and a minister there, pastor. And his family's great musicians, just talented, unbelievable talent to sing and play and about play anything, just incredible. I mean, this boy would tear up the piano. He reminded me of that story Brother Bradham talked about, the woman that got on the anointing and said if there was four sets of keys, she'd play all four of them. He was that kind of guy. And so Brother Rolando began to play for Brother Tim and and his son would play, and man, you're talking about a Pentecostal jubilee. They was having a good time. They loved playing for Brother Tim. But anyway, this group here, if you see all them people, there's about 17 of them came in that van behind them. Yeah. With their luggage. And not only that, they traveled for 33 hours in a, that van with no AC, and it's just as hot there as it is here. 
but they just wanted to be there. He said, I, I've come to this camp every year, and it's worth every sacrifice I make. He said, I see how God works in my young people and the changes brought in their life. And he said, I wouldn't miss it for anything in the world. I thought, wow, what a testimony. You can go ahead. This is some of their journey, flat tires. You see the road they're traveling on. This is the road they're traveling on. It's not paved all the way. I mean, sure, they have some pavement there, but there's a lot of, a lot of dirt road and stuff, ferries they have to cross. And uh, he was just a wonderful, wonderful man. We really fell in love with him and his family. This is still him there with the kids as they was on the ferry coming all over, just excited to come to camp. Now, this is Sunday. All the, all the young people and different ones, they love pictures, and so they got us all together as much as they could, stashing that little spot, and they cram in there, and they get pictures. You can see me and Brother Tim in the blue right up there in the middle. And, uh, and this was actually a group we had. I don't remember. I think about five different countries represented there. This is a, a group of young people from Indonesia. And it all started with Brother Danny and uh, Brother Nestor and those going to the different places, inviting the pastors to come into a mystery expo. And they begin to tell them about the mysteries of God. And they go through all the mysteries. And these people just start eating out of their hands because they've never heard how, you know, these the truths and these things in the Bible. And then they, then after they show them all that, they show them to where it came from to the prophet. And their pastor actually spoke one of the morning services. He came, he came to the message, was baptized, gave his heart to the Lord. And as far as I know, just about his whole church came to the message. And this is a group from Indonesia there that came and sung. This is some of the traffic. This, these big old, uh, they call them jeepneys. They're just extended jeeps. They make them out of various cars, various parts. They're decorated and just kind of along their owner's taste, I guess. And it's a cheap way to travel, and they use them to run up down the roads, and there's thousands of them. And they don't have good. And there's a man selling peanuts and water, cigarettes, whatever. He's in the middle of the road selling them. You just keep going. Is that it? Okay. But anyway, we had a wonderful time. I actually missed it. I had another picture there I thought I had. It was actually at the end of that end of that meeting, we baptized 30 young people for the glory of God, and we're just thankful for all that he's done and is doing, amen, and just still getting testimonies and things of God working in their lives and their appreciation. They really love the Lord. They, they love God's people. I guess their favorite song, you'd hear them singing, I love this family of God, so closely knitted into one, and and um, so anyway, we really love them and appreciate them and thankful for the opportunity. Amen. We thank you for your prayers and for all that you've done to support that. And uh, amen. It wasn't in vain. Amen. God came on the scene. Let's stand together. <clears throat> I, I tell you, back in the back, I just shouted, cried, danced, just had myself a good old time back there. Amen. As I heard the worship and the singing, I, I don't, if it felt that good back there, I couldn't believe how good it felt in here. Amen. And we just want to move into this as we have some things on our heart this morning. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. 
And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. God bless you this morning as you seated. I'd like to just take a thought this morning. The Lord gave it to me actually in preparation. I'll be gone the end of this month to Brother Josh Bennett's, and he gave it to me then, but spoke a little bit on it up and up at Brother Nathan's and felt to bring it this morning. But out of the second verse, and the Spirit of God moved. And the Spirit of God moved. You know, looking upon this this full without form and void. I got to looking at that, and so the words and meanings of the word means to be formless, a lot of confusion, unrealities, emptiness, a nothingness, empty space, a place of chaos. Void means empty, unfilled, desolate, or barren. And there was a time when the world was laying in this condition. As we read here, it was without form, it was without void, it was all covered with water and was laying in the dark in a dismal, gloomy atmosphere. But that wasn't the final word, amen, that wasn't the final place, that wasn't the final atmosphere, amen. But the, but the scripture begins and it says, it, I love how it speaks, it says the vo- it was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the, of the deep and the spirit of God began to move. Amen. And the Spirit of God began to move. The Word was spoke, and the dynamics was there to bring it to pass. The Spirit of God proved it was greater than the darkness that covered the earth. It proved it was greater than the void. It proved it was greater than the nothingness that was there. It was greater than the gloom. It was greater than the coldness. It was greater. And light began to dawn upon the earth. No doubt the gloom and the darkness fought. It tried to hold its position. It tried to hold its place. But the Spirit of God proved it was greater. Amen. Because today we have a sun, we have a moon. Amen. The very creation, the spoken word of Almighty God that said, let there be light. And it was so, it's still hanging there today. Proving that the Holy Spirit is greater than gloom, is greater than darkness, is greater than void. It's greater than emptiness, is greater than all of that. If you can get the Spirit of God moving, there will be light that will shine. Amen. There will be births that take place. There will be a change in hearts. There will be a change in life when the Spirit of God begins to move. Amen. He said here in the power of the devil, he said tonight, maybe a cancer has got you. Maybe something else has taken a hold of you. Some disease, even the disease of sin, whatever it is, it may look ever so dark and gloomy to you now. It may look like you'll never recover. Maybe it looked like you can't get over that TB or that prostate trouble or that lung trouble or that tumor or that crippled condition. The doctor may say that every hope is gone, but standing right by your side today, ready to take you in possession stands the eyes of faith and the eyes of faith sees the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ he says away with Satan and his gloom 
away with Satan and his gloom and up with the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the faith of Almighty God. Faith can take his holy stand on the rock of ages and pierce an eagle eye through the stormy clouds and every waves of death and disappointments that's trying to wash away the foundation from you. It'll stand there and look beyond it, the skies, and say, God is right. And this morning we can say God is right. He said, let there be light. And that sun is still hanging there. That moon is still there. You didn't get up this morning worrying if the sun was going to come up. You knew by faith God spoke it. It'll happen. Hallelujah. And you can have that faith this morning. You don't have to worry about it. God said you're healed. It's going to happen. God said you're delivered. It's going to happen. And the spirit of God begins to move and bring that word to pass. The Spirit of God moves, amen. He says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things seen. The very faith is that little whip. It's a whip. He said, that little whip that you have by you, if you only let it take you possession tonight, take you, believe it, and have faith in it, and believe that God's word is true, you've accepted it, then faith will work miracles for you. But you need to take that whip and go to driving the devil off your property. Amen. We need some people anointed by the Spirit of God who can let the Holy Ghost take their body, take their mind, take their soul, take complete every fiber and go to whipping the devil off of the promises of God. There will be a bride that will stand when all hell is washing away the foundations and pushing this and pushing that. They'll stand regardless. Amen. There's something trying to work in every individual heart here today, he says, saying that's the truth, but does it mean me? He said it means whosoever will, it means you. And so the Spirit of God moved. Something that was void. You say, well, sometimes I feel so empty. Well, let the Spirit of God start moving. Sometimes I feel so depressed. Let the Spirit of God start moving. I hadn't felt God. He seemed so far away. Let the Spirit of God start moving. I'm not even talking about in this building. I'm talking about in you this morning. Amen. We can have it in this building, but most importantly, we want it in our hearts. We want God changing lives and God changing my heart and moving me up higher. Let him move in your heart. Let him move in your life. Let him move in your family. Let him move in your marriages. Let him move in the church. Let him move in this service. Let him move today. And let the Spirit of God, let him begin to fall like rain upon our lives. The Spirit of God moved upon the water and said, let there be light. God had a reason for doing that. Oh, hallelujah. God had a reason for doing that, for down beneath that water were seeds he had planted. Down beneath all that gloom and that darkness and that void and that emptiness, there were seeds laying there. And so he had a reason for saying, let there be light. And it had to be have sunlight to make it live. And the first light that was ever given in the earth was God's spoken word. The first light that ever struck the earth was God's spoken word. He said, let there be light. And there was light that turned darkness into light in order to bring the creation of joy and life upon the earth. Then the spirit of God, as it moved with love and compassion on that day, the first day of the dawn of creation, the sun rose and swept across his rays, began to dry up the water and made an atmosphere above. And for the first time, it was to bring joy and life to the earth. That was a great hour. 
But he says the world was without form and void and darkness was upon the earth. Nothing but complete chaos. But when the world was in that condition, the spirit of God began to move on the face of the waters and the entire picture was changed. It was changed from total chaos to a garden of Eden. Hallelujah. I've seen lives that have been changed from chaos. Amen. That was empty and void and without God. But the Spirit of God began to move. It might have been in your room. Might have been in your car. Might have been in the dark places of your life. In the darkest moments. But the Spirit of God began to move. And it turned you from chaos into a garden of Eden. Amen, it's transforming power of God that'll take something that's nothing and make something wonderful out of it. I was nothing, amen. God transforming power. It takes the moving of the spirit to bring the seeds to life. Amen. That's why we can't stand by for some cold, dead, formal doctrine. Amen, but we must have the moving of the spirit in our church. Amen, it's not, not just in church, but in everyday life. You know, it's possible, and this is what I'm saying, It's because we can have it moving in this building, but it's possible you can be sitting here, every one of us has got the same senses, and you can have such a headache that you can't hardly stand it, and I wouldn't have no headache. How do I know about your headache? It's something dealing individual with you, and he says that's how the Spirit of God can come into a group of people and can baptize that person in such a way that the power of God carries them to where they don't even know where they're at anymore, and the next person and sitting by them don't know nothing about it. Right. Amen. So it's not just about, oh God, moving my church, moving me. Right. Moving this earth. Moving my life. Amen. We use it as a cop out. Oh, we had a good service, but did the service happen in your pew? Did it happen in your seat? Did it happen in your life? Did it change you? That's what we're interested in. Amen. We want him to move us. I don't want to ever get in that condition that the spirit of God can fall in a building and I don't know nothing about it. No, sir. I want to be knowing what God is doing. I want to be cognizant of his presence. He comes every service, but sometimes we gets biased before we realize he was here. And we use the words, well, it was a great service. Truly it was for somebody. Listen, a great service is not just a, a bunch of clapping and amen and, and a great service is when you came to the building and you left different. That's a great service. Amen. And that's what we want for every individual. You know, it's not a, as we're not going in this all together. Yes, we will be raptured all together, but it is an individual walk. Amen. Amen. He said, the doctor said to me not long ago, Billy, you think them Pentecostal people just get excited? I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, well, what makes them that nervousness they begin to have and causes them to scream and holler and go on? I said, doctor, you mean to tell me that the nerves can be excited without something to excite them? Something has to excite them. Something, so what's there? I said, it's the unseen force of the Holy Ghost moving among us. It excites that born-again spirit. 
Hallelujah. It excites that born-again spirit. It brings an excitement to that spirit. The power of God begins to come down. Faith comes by hearing. The Holy Ghost takes the word and spreads it out over the people to catch it with the power that regenerated born-again life. Something has to cry out. Amen. He said, God help the day when they come to an adopted theology. When we come to an adopted theology instead of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, God help the day when we come to a head knowledge or an intellectual understanding instead of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because of the Spirit of God didn't begin to move and begin to woo over that earth, seeds wouldn't have popped out of the ground. It began to create an atmosphere where seeds could come to life. Amen. The word could be spoke, but the spirit had to follow the word and bring it to pass. Amen. We'll get there in a minute. He said, God help the day when we've come and adopted theology instead of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God helped the day when he took away tithings from the church and boiled up some old tough rooster and sold it for 50 cents a plate to get money to pay the preacher. God helped the day when we substituted the upper room and made it a supper room. God helped the day. What we need today is a good old-fashioned St. Paul revival in the Bible. Holy Ghost preached back again in his power and simplicity. Amen. He goes in the store, and I love this story because this is the truth. It's still true today. He said, I was way up in Canada. I was riding one night, been way back about 40, 50 miles, thousands of miles from Hard Top Road. Last fall, back hunting, I was riding out through the moonlight, come to this little old burn over place, big old bunch of big, tall, stately pines, and the moon was shining on. Looked like a graveyard, a spooky looking place. And he said, all of a sudden, the wind came down, and the wind began to hit them, and they'd go, just a mournful sound. I've heard it. I've been there myself up on Mount Lemon. I stood and looked a little bit and thought of this scripture right here. Yes, sir, talking about Joel's prophecy. Amen. I will restore, saith the Lord. These trees put me in mind of some of those great, big, fine churches standing there, but just as dead as a doornail. He said, even the palmer worms eat all the bark off of them and everything else. I heard a preacher the other day say that pretty good. He said, if you ain't careful, you sisters, that palm worm, eat your bark off. you get it later. He said, I see it's been at work, eating your bark off. <laughs> Amen. These trees put me in mind of some of those great, big, fine, spired churches just as dead as a doornail. The fiery trials has blazed all the spirit away from it. And there's nothing left but a big statue, but just as dead as it can be. And he said, when the rushing mighty wind comes from heaven, the only thing they can do is groan and carry on and say it ain't so. I hardly know anything. That's right. They say days of miracles are past. Just every time God sends a revival and signs and wonders begin to come up and fall around the people they say well oh that's all right everybody else does it too and everybody else has these feelings too and everybody has this and everybody got blah 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 and they just go on and they begin to actually mock the moving of the real holy spirit of god he said, what the palmer worm left, the caterpillar eating. What the Methodist left, the Baptist eating. What the Baptist left, the Presbyterian eating. What the Presbyterian left, the Pentecost. Oh, it's so, amen. We were just at the Scottsville camp and that man that had been raised in that church of the Nazarenes, he said, when he come to our service, he said, we used to have services like this. He said, we don't have them no more. Why? Because the worm got in the church. 
theologies and man-made ideas begin to eat away, amen, all that's moving of the spirit and begin to turn it into a bunch of formalism. And now that same worm is against the message of the hour. It's still the same worm, but he said, I will restore. Amen, there will be a people who is open to the moving of the Holy Ghost. There will be a people when the Spirit of God moves, they move with it. Amen. He says, what is it? There until they stripped the church down, till they got them setting, just as dead as a doornail. No spirit, no shouting. They said, well, we don't need that no more. Brother Branham apparently thought so. No shouting, no joy, no peace, no healing, no nothing. What the Methodists left, the Baptists eat. What the Baptists left, the cattle per eating or some other church. This one eat that, and it took away this, and it took away that. Haven't got nothing but a bunch of church creed. You know that's the truth. What one left, the other eat until you got nothing but a big dead tree. And he said, every time God sends a big rush of glory down, they'll just sit there and moan and say, I don't believe it. It's psychology. We don't need altar calls no more. We don't need a prayer line no more. We don't need that no more. That's just a bunch of worked up emotion. Somebody's got a hold of, or a pommel worm has got a hold of somebody. Amen. When Joel looked at that and saw, he said, God's, but he said, God said, I will restore, says the Lord. If that wasn't in there, I wouldn't know how to preach. That's what a prophet of God said. He said, if that wasn't in there, I wouldn't know how to preach it, but I will restore, says the Lord. It happened to look right night. There the wind began to blow. How those old stiff and starchy and dead as it was sitting moaning and groaning. Didn't have no life to bend. No bark on it to make it flexible. We're just moaning and groaning with the account of the wind. My doctor so and so said this. And there's no mercy here. And there's no more blood here. And there's no more intercessor. Somebody's got a pommel worm in their church. Amen. I happened to notice down underneath there was some undergrowth coming up. Some little bushes about like that. They had life in them. And when the wind began to hit them, they began twisting and shouting and giving glory to God. Let me tell you, brother, God's going to raise up a generation. God's going to raise up a generation of people out of all this dead stuff. Hallelujah. Because he said, I will restore, saith the Lord. Amen. Green leaves clapping their hands, having a wonderful time. What a frolic it was. But that big old tree standing there moaning and groaning, then he says, same wind. Oh, my goodness. Same wind. One was groaning and moaning. The other was saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You want to know why I'm running? Because I'm running because the heart's been cleaned out. You want to know why I'm shouting? Because I'm shouting from a soul that's been redeemed. I will restore, saith the Lord. The same wind making one grow was giving the other a good time. Hallelujah. It happened, I happened to think, what was this one doing? Every time that little tree would twist, what would it do? It'd pull the roots. 
It would loosen up the ground so he could go deeper and get a better hold. Every time God sends his blessing upon a born-again man or woman, it'll only loosen up the roots so they can go deeper, higher, better, freer, glorifying God. I will restore Satan. Amen. He talks about how we can take a man, we can teach him the language of the native, take him to about 10 years of college, 10 years over here. When he comes out, if he goes into foreign lands, he'll have to, he's got to, can't have to have a cane to walk on. He's so old. <laughs> he said it took so long to get him there, in other words. He said, brother, the only thing you need is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and an honest heart. You know that's the truth. Wait for nothing. God called you. Get going. Get moving. Ride the street. Tell somebody. We need another Stephen day. He said when God sent Stephen down there where they tried to kill him and everything else, he was like a house on fire in a windy day. Put it out if you can. The more you fan it, the worse it'll get. And I'd like to tell our critics, the more you criticize, the worse it's going to get. The more power that's going to fall. The more lie. Go ahead and criticize. Go ahead and curse. Because the more you curse me, the more God's going to bless me. Amen. He says, oh, you think I'm crazy? Go ahead. That's all right. I'm happy this way. Leave me where I'm at. Yes, indeed. If there was ever time, we need to get going. It's today. I, he said, I think about back in the time when Moses back there, he's tall. He said, here he was. He said, wait till you get ready. When God called Moses, he didn't have nothing but a hand in his hand but a stick. What are you doing with that hand? He said, what do you got in your hand? A stick. Take that. How am I going to whip the army? Well, what you got in your hand? A stick. Take that and go down. Whatsoever's near you, pick it up and go on. And away Moses went, a one-man invasion. Why? Because he got in the moving of the Spirit. In the burning bush, he got, a, he got his own personal experience with God. He had tried it on his own and killed one Egyptian. But in the power of God and the Spirit of God, he went down there and he loosed every slave and he set every captive free and he destroyed Pharaoh's army. Why? Because he got into the Spirit of God. Amen. And you see Samson out there minding his own business in the cave. Bunch of Philistines surrounding thousands of them, beginning to run up. Thousand of them. He didn't have nothing. They all these trained Philistines standing there. He, what if he said, now wait, wait just a moment. I get out and learn how to spar. Wait till I learn how to do this. Wait, maybe I can go get a sword and come back. Perhaps just a little while, maybe I can whip some of you Philistines. He's not, uh, not there. Only thing laying close to him was a jawbone of a mule. And he picked it up and the Spirit of God came on him. And he killed a whole group of Philistines. All he's waiting for you to do is pick up the promise of God. And the Spirit of God will fall on you. And you'll whoop that devil. You're going to dance it on top of him till you stomp a mud hole in him. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, think of old Shamgar during the time of, I might need to let Brother Joe come preach this part. He's done a fine job. Amen, up there in Indiana. I said, I think old Shamgar during the time of judges over in Israel. Amen, here he was. His family was dying. It was getting worse and worse. They'd come year after year and stole their crops. And here he'd raised up another crop and all of a sudden he hears tromp, tromp, tromp. What was it? They was coming back to criticize, to take back, to say it wasn't real, to say you don't have nothing. What you have, I'm going to take away. 
But Shamgar had enough of it. And when he grabbed that ox goat, the Spirit of God began to fall on him. You say, how do you know? Because the Spirit of God would have to be on one man to whoop 500. And it would have to take the spirit of God. And it was the same spirit that began to whirl over the earth. And it brought out of the seas. And it brought out the trees. And the birds and the animals and the people. It was the same spirit that fell on Shamgar. It was the same spirit that fell on David. When he said, who is that uncircumcised Philistine that challenged the armies of the living God? David only needed to hear him one time. Because why? He'd been anointed. I know. He had his critics too. Matter of fact, the prophet of God didn't even know. He thought, well, surely it'd be this man. He went through all of his sons. He's like, do you? God told me to come here. Surely you got one more son. Yeah. I got another one. His own dad didn't believe in him. I got one. He's out there with the sheep. Samuel said, go get him. He said, we're not sitting down until he gets here. Samuel, he come walking in. Samuel opened up that bottle. Here's the king, next king of Israel. Daddy's like, what, David? And here this anointed David comes walking in the camp. All of a sudden, here's a challenge. You know, Goliath got up that morning and said, you know what? I'm done with breakfast. I'm going to push it back. That was the last day he pushed his breakfast back. He said, I'm going to get up and put on my armor. That was the last day he put his armor on. He said, I'm going to get up and walk out of my tent. That was the last day he walked out of his tent. He said, I'm going to go down there and challenge the armies of the living God. That was the last day he challenged the armies of God because there was anointed David in the camp. And the Spirit of God was upon him. And he said, this day, I'm going to take your head off. Hallelujah. Do we have any anointed Davids here this morning? Say, Goliath, this is your last day. You spirit, this is your last day. You depression, this is your last day. This is your last moment. I'm going to take your head off. The Spirit of God is upon me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You let the Spirit of God, it was the same Spirit of God that was on David that just fell on you just then. Amen. We're not talking about another God or another Spirit. We're talking about the same one that began to woo over the earth. It's in this building this morning. And if you'll invite him to you, it'll fall on you. And out of your emptiness and your void will become, become a garden of Eden. What was it? The Spirit of God came on him. There was a need. Emergency was at hand. Something had to be done. Shamgar, he couldn't wait till he had an education or had enough quotes. Learned them all. Had it all figured out. No, he had to be a warrior. He had to jump and grab what he had and go whooping devils. He said, brother, what's, what's that close to you tonight? He said, we at least got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not just an anointing, but an infilling. He said, that's the greatest weapon that can be put in your hand with the word of God behind it to back it up. Don't let them rob you. 
is that if every man or woman here would realize that the things that's got you, divine health and everything, God gave it to you at Calvary. Every born again man is circumcised by the Holy Ghost. You have a right to every redemptive blessing. Let, don't let the devil rob you of none of it. But what the pommel worm left, the caterpillar eating, but this tree will grow again. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5 and verse 19 says, quench not the spirit. This means, to quench means to extinguish or to suppress. In other words, when it comes, don't try to push it down and say it's just a motion or a workup. Don't try to suppress it. Don't try to hold it back. Don't try to put it on to another service or another day. In other words, don't become a spiritual fire extinguisher. <laughs> Amen. I, I've seen them at work in service. <laughs> Usually they do their most damage after service because they ain't got a nerve, enough nerve to stand up in the middle of it. But they go out the door, well, I tell you what, that was a bunch of bubble dancing. That was a bunch of this, that was a bunch of that. Oh, wow. Uh, might have been to you. But to me, it was the Spirit of God. Amen. Don't become a spiritual fire extinguisher. He said, you ask him to come to your church, you ask him to come in your pew, he will fall in the old-fashioned way. If, and you're not ashamed to let loose and let him have his way. If you are, you'll quench him right away. He says, you invite him to your home and you're ashamed of him before your neighbors and you left him there and let him there stay there un unentertained. Jesus wants to be worshiped. He wants to be entertained. How do you entertain Jesus? Say, come, Lord Jesus. Come to my pew. Come to my heart. I love you. I want to worship you. If nobody else will, I will, God. If somebody come to your house and you didn't make them welcome or entertain them, they wouldn't come back many times. Maybe that's what's the matter tonight. Maybe that's what's the matter around our homes and around our churches. We're afraid or ashamed to entertain Jesus. We're afraid somebody will hear you say amen. We're afraid to raise up your hands and give him praise. You're ashamed because your neighbor's sitting or somebody else. What do I care about your neighbor? Worship the Lord. You ask him, you invited him here, then worship him when he comes. Hallelujah. Listen, you don't, even like you don't have to be ashamed of the worship that takes place in this house. You don't have to be ashamed of these musicians that play and give their heart to Almighty God and play with all their heart. You don't have to be ashamed of the preaching of the word and the moving of the spirit. When he comes, just worship him. You can't win no how with a critic. Amen. Just talked to a brother. He left the tabernacle years, a couple years before it is the where it's at and split. And he said, well, because you left, the reason why it split. Oh, really? He said, just me and my family left. Well, it's what happened. And a few, few sentences later, why did you stay there so long? You can't win with a critic. So a critic will either criticize you for worshiping too much or not worshiping enough, or he'll, he'll find some critic going to criticize us. Why they call a critic? That's what they do. That's who they are. But I know who I am, and I know what I do. 
When I invite him, I'm going to worship him. When I ask him to come and he's honored to answer my request and he comes down and falls upon my heart, you think I'm going to sit there like a bump on the log? No, sir. I'm going to wash his feet. I'm going to glorify his name. I'm going to entertain him while he's here. Amen. All right. So let me read one for the critics. He said, I, was, I hope they put this on their next video. He said, I was talking to a man not long ago that didn't believe in music in the church. He was holding a fuss with me about it. He said, oh, the music belongs to the world. I said, the spirit of God didn't come on that stewed up prophet until he got a minstrel out and began to play a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost song. You know what he's talking about. He said, the spirit of God came down on the prophet. That's right. God doesn't change. And if God liked music in that day, he likes music today. He began to play a song. I don't know what they played in them days, but I like to imagine a good old song like there's going to be a meeting in the air in that sweet, sweet by and by. Oh, that kills a lot of Church of Christ message believers. That sweet by and by, God's own son will be the leading one. And that, oh, why? Because he's already coming. We can't sing that song. No, he's coming. I can sing that song still yet today because he is going to appear and I'm going to be changed to be just like him. Something like that. Some of those good old-fashioned Holy Ghost songs. And the Spirit of God came on the prophet. He said, I tell you, brother, when we get all the formal shackles shook off and the Spirit of God in the songs again. Wow. In the, I thought it was word, 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 word. In the songs again. And get back to the old place where we can have the Spirit of God moving in the place. Then the prophet can see a vision. Then the powers of God can come into the church. Then they'll see divine healing. Then they'll see the resurrection of Christ. Then they'll see he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, I'm about to choke you now. He said, well, you say, well, Brother Branham, I'm not a prophet. Well, if you ain't the prophet, you can be an instrument. Woo, just keep playing. If you ain't got more, no more than them 10, give vent to them 10 just as hard as you can. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Write this down. If you can't be the prophet, be part of the minstrels. Do something to bring the spirit of the Lord down. I want to be one who's guilty of bringing the spirit of God down. I don't want to be guilty of bringing a critical spirit in the church or bringing my bitterness in the church or my unbelief in the church. I want to be guilty and I was one that brought the spirit of God down. You say, well, you're making yourself nobody. Has somebody know I'm making myself what the prophet said for me to make myself be. Do something. Be something to bring the spirit of God down. Amen. Prophet couldn't do it himself. Uh-oh. <laughs> Prophet couldn't do it himself. He had to have the minstrel to help him. And in my Bible, I didn't see that it was a tape play. But anyway, when this prophet and the people got in harmony with God, the prophet begins to see things. Now, brother, if you don't see divine healing, you don't see the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you don't see the mighty move of the Spirit of God, Moving in the last stage here, just get in the spirit one time and you'll see those things. Things will be revealed to you. You'll begin to notice things look different. 
Wow, there ain't as many hypocrites in that church as I thought there was. I was a hypocrite. Oh, amen. There ain't as many critics in there as I thought. Many of this and back. I was the one. He said, you begin to notice things. Look, now listen. What they used to be. That's right. And you won't go along with that criticizing spirit no more. You'll come humbly. He said, oh, I feel religious right now. Mm. He said, now, the prophet of God got the minstrel spirit moving. Spirit of God come down on him. Because Brother Brown said he was in a stoop. Said he, he, he tried to say it different. He said he got angry. said he got mad. He said, well, how about for some of you that didn't like that? He got his righteous indignation was stirred up. In other words, he wasn't in the mood for the moving of the spirit. But he knew what it took to get it there. Why is the devil against worship? Because he knows what it takes to get the spirit moving. I just listened to a clip of a brother Amen. They got it all figured out. There's no more blood, no more intercessory, no more this. And they got it all figured up in your head and how they got it added. One plus one equals two. And you couldn't pipe an amen out of that church. There ain't no spirit moving in that church. Dead as a doornail. At the same time, we got critics that say, you got to take this song out. We can't sing this song. We can't do that. We can't. Who, left, who left and left you in charge? Or I'm, for me, I'm going with the pillar of fire. He's still here in the building. He's still here moving his bride one step further to the closer to the coming of the Lord. Amen. He said, what happened? He said, now you go over there. You're not going to hear any wind. You're not going to see any rain. Done saw a vision. You're not going to see any rain, hear any wind. There's going to be water to come. He said, I want you to get down there and dig trenches all around tonight, right? in the burning hot desert where there wasn't one lick of water. What do you know about that? Ridiculous, one of them say. But as long as the word of God said, do it, start digging. Well, the doctor said there's no need. Dig anyhow. God said so. Remember, they had to see somebody dig out there, and he hit down against something like that. Oh, my, we hit a snag. Throw that old snag out. Lots of times when you're digging, you'll hit a neighbor that lives next door to you and tells you no such a thing as a divine healing. <laughs> Amen. Throw it out. Keep on digging. He said, you'll hit a pastor that comes along sometimes and said, I wouldn't fool around with that bunch of holy rollers. He said, throw him out and keep digging. Amen. Dig a little past him. Remember, brother, the deeper you dig, the more water you're going to get. Hallelujah. We don't want nothing shallow. We want all God's got for us. We want all the power of the resurrection. So just keep digging. Amen, I believe it was equal. The Lord saw him a vision of waters ankle deep, then took him to knee deep and to hip deep, and he said, all of a sudden, I was in waters to swim in. I love being in that movement, in that atmosphere, where I just almost feel like I'm about to drown. Amen, I'm just giving it all I got. Why? Because I'm in waters I can swim in. I ain't interested in no shallow service and have a few moments and go home and say I paid my duty. I want to be in the spirit of God. And if I'm in his spirit, I want all of his spirit. I want all of his mercy. I want all of his grace. I want all of his power. I want everything. Amen. He said, you'll run into a sister, whoever it is. 
Just throw them out. Keep on digging. Get a great big deep ditch. Because the more ditch you got, more water you get. Amen. We can see by some of your lives you ain't got very deep ditches. Amen. But there's a, there's a way to remedy that. Dig a little deeper. Dig that junk out of your life. Brother Jeremy, Jeremy was singing, I'm finally free. He dug and he dug and he dug until he brought over, I don't know how many thousand worth of dollars of video games. It was taking hours of his time. And he now can sing a song, I'm finally free. Amen, Brother Jeremy. You dug the ditch. It's going to bring the water now. The power of God's going to fill it all up. The Spirit of God's going to be there to move and it'll fill every fiber that you pull out this. You pull, I don't need that no more. Let me get rid of I don't need that no more. That bitterness, get out of here. Oh, that's a tough one. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes down and it fills it all up. And you realize they ain't the one that's bitter. I'm the one that was bitter. But I'm finally free. Hallelujah. Got to keep digging. I said, I dug at youth camp. Well, keep on digging. Amen. So where did the water come from, preacher? Did it rain? No. But do you remember Israel had passed through the wilderness a few years before that? And the rock that was smoking the wilderness was still there. The rock of life. I tell you, that rock is still here tonight. Just start digging and see if the trenches don't fill up. Get the world out of the way. Get the old picture shows. Uh-oh. I'm just going to say it. It amazed me that after what we've seen at youth camp and the demonic come out manifestations and then the Sunday night and then a few of our young people go to the picture shows right after that. Are you kidding me? You need to dig that devil out. We ain't never preached they're all right, and we ain't going to start preaching they're okay. You wonder why you can't live above it? Because you ain't dug deep enough. Amen. Dig a little deeper. Amen. You t- I tell you, the rock still lays here tonight. Just d- start digging and see if the trenches don't fall. Get all the world up, he said. All them picture shows and hoedowns and things you've been tending to and all the other things. Throw it out. Let the waters come in. Give God first place. Get those things straightened out, and the waters will come down all the way from Edom. He said, the first thing you know, the other sailors on the other side looked back and said, why? We believe there's a slaughter going down there. It looks like blood. So they went down, and they rose out of an ambush and beat them all the way to the wall. Look what they've done. They burned every city. They stopped every well. They cut down every tree. They just tore up the land of that devil. And brother, you start digging tonight with all your heart. Just dig out everything you can. And when you get over into the land where them old unbelievers are, let that, let's take a rock of testimony and let's stop up all those cold former wells around here that's giving out all this stagnated water. Hallelujah. Is there a testimony in the building you'd like to throw down an old stagnated well and say, you're not going to pump out your nonsense. I've seen God move. I, can you come too late to tell me it don't? Amen. I'll tell you one. I'll grab, I'll grab a rock of testimony right now up in those meetings. Brother Furman, his son, Brother Furman's a song leader for Brother Nathan. His son Ethan come up Friday night. For a, brought him up for prayer. He's a young boy, had, had been having strokes, autistic. 
brought them up for prayer. Saturday night, it seemed like it was just as worse as ever. Said his mama just fought with him all night because it, when things begin to move and people get just in, in his condition, he just gets all stirred up and she's back there wrestling with him. He just had a horrible night. He'd had surgery on his hand. Doctor says he'd never be able to use his hand. It would, he had a little cast on it, and he'd just stay drawn up, and he'd never be able to use it. We watched him on Saturday throw a little basketball with his one hand, shoot better than most people can shoot. Blow my mind. One hand, throwing it up. Was it his left hand? He had the left hand, he had his cast on. And uh, all of the, uh, Sunday night, Brother Joe preached a masterpiece on Shamgar. I don't know if you preached that here. Well, we're going to be looking for that one. Amen. 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 He said, but Sunday night, the Spirit of God began to move as Brother Joe was preaching. Next thing you know, the power of God fell in that place, and people were running and dancing and shouting. And his mom threw her hands up with praising God, and for I don't know how long, but all of a sudden she realized, Ethan, where's he at? And she looked down, and he's just calmly sitting there on his pew, and he's opening up his hand like this. And he looks up at him and smiles. Just get some of them just to start having a little movement. Just start moving a little bit and start bending a little bit in the spirit. God can take over you. Hallelujah. Amen. She said, I got to go give a testimony. And she started out of her seat with her boy. Amen. Because it's so astounding. And up on the front row with her back to her sister Rebecca, brother Nathan's wife, God spoke to her and said, you go tell. I don't remember the sister's name. What was her name? April, go tell April that Ethan's healed. She takes off out of her seat, turns the aisle, and here comes April and Ethan down the aisle. She said, the Spirit told me to tell you he's healed. She said, I know he's healed. I know he's delivered. Amen, you're talking about a rock to throw down in some old cold form of dogma. I want the Spirit of God in my life. That's what happened when the Spirit of God moves. It calls that which is dead back to life again. It calls life to the body, to a place that was void and empty. But the Spirit begins to move, and it changes the whole landscape. Man, Brother Joe got drunk that night. I ain't going to lie to you. He just got, he, at one point, he said, please, somebody get me another bottle. <laughs> Brother... Aaron was over there trying to behave himself. The Lord was just moving. All of a sudden, this woman in the front row we had prayed for, been diabetic on dialysis for 20 years. The Spirit of God hit her, and around that building she went. Giving praise and glory to whole God, mighty God. During the service Saturday night when Brother Aaron was preaching, a woman that was sitting about the second row grabbed all her diabetic medicine and chunked it up on the altar. She said, I had my Shamgar moment. She said, I'm done with this thing. Amen. She was the janitor of that, of that building. She said, but she said, told one of the deacons, said, you're going to have to pick that up. I ain't picking it up. You take it and throw it in the trash. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what happens when the Spirit of God begins to move. 
Hallelujah. When the spirit moves, the sin loses its hold. When the spirit moves, chains fall off. When the spirit moves, grave loses its power. When the spirit of God is free to move, lives are changed, homes are transformed, lives are filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, I love that song. If I shout when no one shouted, it's from a heart that's been clean. When I run from my, when I run when no one else is running, it's running from a soul that's been redeemed. There's no telling what we're gonna do if the Spirit of God begins to move in this building. Hallelujah! Would it be somebody say, Lord, start with me? Let it move in my heart. Let it move in my family. Let it move in my life. Just go ahead and rejoice for a moment. Glory to Almighty God. When the Spirit of God begins to move, lives are changed. He said when the Holy Spirit begins to move and give discernment, that's what brings the presence of God among the people. Just like singing a hymn. Wow, I just caught that. We we listen. Yeah, I've, I've listened to tapes. Yeah, many tapes, hundreds of tapes. One of my favorite parts, I have to admit, is the end. Every one of them. I mean, I love the word, of course, but something special is a vindication for our day, and discernment starts taking place. Just this week, the past week. We got to walk down the same place as Brother Brandon walked in Milltown. Yeah. Saw Georgie Carter's house. I remember when I was up at Brother Craig's, me and Brother Joe was preaching Brother Craig's Labor Day meetings. I preached on Georgie Carter's, just a part of my sermon. There was a lady sitting in the audience. She came up to me at the end of that service. She said, you know, that's amazing. She said, I was actually a ca her caretaker in her later years. So I got a picture of her. Would you like to see? I said, absolutely. She opened up her album, her sitting by her. I looked at it, I thought, wow. And I looked a little deeper in that photo, and behind Georgie Carter was this little plaque sitting on her wall, hanging on her wall. It said, I believe in the power of a living God. Try to talk that one out of it. When the Holy Spirit begins to move and give discernment, that brings the presence of God among the people just like singing a hymn, shouting, a message given in unknown tongues. There goes the critic. He went out the door on that one. It brings the Spirit of God among the people. He said, you heard your pastor preach many times on the word unto the Spirit got among the people. They just screamed out. They couldn't hold their peace no longer. Why? Because the Spirit of God moved. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The Spirit of God takes the word of God to the congregation and feeds them so they can grow spiritually on that word. It takes the Spirit of God moving. Amen. To take the word to the people because if it ain't the Spirit of God, it's man's intellectual abilities. It takes the Spirit of God. That's the thing that delivers the word. The word goes right out. The Holy Spirit follows that word. Wherever the word's preached, you'll see your pastor preach it. First thing you know, whoo. 
Across the building goes the Holy Ghost. That's right. It's the conductor of the Word. Amen. The Word, he said, or rather the Word is the conductor of the Spirit because where the Word is preached, the Spirit follows it. Wherever it goes, why? The Spirit follows the Word. He said, oh, I like that. He said, I like sound Bible teaching and the Bible Holy Ghost coming back confirming Bible teaching. Amen. That's what I like. But I don't need no lectures. I don't need no man's abilities to put this quote and splice this quote together. I want the Spirit of God moving. If the Holy Ghost don't conform it, confirm it, you've got your wires crossed. I ain't saying this to embarrass anybody, but these speakers, you remember how many problems we have with these speakers? Come in here, you'd sit over there, sound be great, next day you sit there and it's bad. Over here, it just kept jumping around. Poor brother's pulling the hair out. Finally, we got the master to come. The engineer who engineered him. He come walking in here, got off the plane, walked in here. He walked down that aisle up to the top, walked back down, walked back up, and he said, you got your wires crossed. (laughs) It took a master 10 minutes and a screwdriver. And then we got the sound we got today. (laughs) The one who engineered it. The one who made the parts and put it all together and said he knew it would work. He came and he proved it. But it, what was wrong? It was two wires that was crossed. Amen. On these spe- on most speakers, it's positive, negative, positive, negative, or something like that. But on those bows, they do things different. It's negative, positive, positive, negative, or something like that. And so the last two or first two, one or the other, were crossed. But all it took was 10 minutes with the master who designed it. Preachers can put a sermon together. They can put it this quote and that scripture and do this and do that. But 10 minutes or less with that master and one little tool of the Holy Spirit in his hand, he can rewire you to where you will sound out a living God with the same signs, the same power, the same Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and You will hear the power of the resurrection back in the church again. Problem is, we got too many people that's crossed the wires. They tried to do the best they could. They tried. Not many of them ain't doing it out of malice or maybe hatred. I don't know. Some of them may. I don't know. But this is how Paul felt, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4. He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's the kind of preaching I like to hear. Brother Brown would say this. He said, today with great intellectual messages, we can explain it to you. You can see the picture. He said, but that isn't what we're looking for. We're We're not looking for the mechanics. We're looking for the dynamics. Oh, we got the mechanics of religions of the Bible so bottleized, it t- looks like a great 35-coach train sitting out there on the track, but you ain't got a lick of steam in it to make it go down the tracks. It takes the dynamics to prove, to perform with the mechanics. And what we need now is to see that. 
This is what we've been taught all these years. This is the truth or not. It's been explained over and over and over through different seminaries and churches and massive churches. That's me. And massive churches and so forth until we're looking. But now we're looking to see who this person is. Now you say, Brother Branham, how would you do it? God is here. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever is here. His power is just the same as it ever was. He does not fail. He cannot fail. He is the dynamics. He is God. He has to remain God. Sirs, we would see Jesus. Woo, that's what I want to see in a service. I don't want to just see a bunch of mechanics and this lined out with that. If I don't see Jesus, you wasted my time. But if I can see Jesus and I can see him in the revealed word of this day. Look, when he was crucified, the old critics and drunken Roman soldiers come out there, put a rag on his face hit him on the head and said, now if you're a prophet, prophesy and tell who hit hit you. He didn't clown for a devil. He never opened his mouth and said a word. Of course he knew. They had passed the stick to another one and said, you tell us who hit you now and we'll believe you. See, that's the critics. They don't believe it. But he was a prophet, but he didn't clown for nobody. He said, well, last night we had so much of the mechanics and not the dynamics. He said, now my body is the mechanics, but my body will not operate without the dynamics. The spirit operates my body, brings it in control. He said, like an automobile with no gasoline in it, no firing power, no matter how fine the dynamics, the mechanics is fixed up, the cylinders and the points and the plugs and whatever more, and it may have a current also. You can, you, got to have, you can have all those things. He said, but that's the way God is. You've got to get a believer with God to make contact. Then something's going to happen. Our educational systems, our denominational system has took the place of the Holy Spirit leading in the church. He said, our great fine training of ministers and things have taken the place of all night prayer meetings and old time way we used to get with God. Instead of having preachers, we got lectures. Men knows the word just as well. They can sit there and put it together in such a way that it is astounding how they do it. They know the mechanics, but they ain't got the dynamics. He said, we want the dynamics. I don't care about the mechanics. I want to know the dynamics. Boy, a rock just flew and hit an intellectual demon right in the head. He said, I don't care about the mechanics. I want to know the dynamics. He said, what good does it do? He said, I don't know how the car runs out there. It's got pistons and cylinders. I don't know how much pressure it's used. Only thing I know is the dynamics. Put the key in there and turn it, put it in the gear and drive. That's what we know. God made the promises. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. How's he going to do it? I can't tell you. I just want to know the dynamics of God's system. That's the main thing. Today, listen to this statement. World falling apart. He said, today we've studied the mechanics until it's all mechanical. Worship is mechanical. Responding to the words mechanical. It's mechanical devices on pulpits now. (laughs) 
Put that one in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> it's all mechanical. What good is an automobile without something in it to drive it? What good is the lights or the fixtures if there's no current running through it? What good is all the mechanics? We got schools, educators, so forth that can train a man till he can stand in the pulpit with such manners till he's an eloquent person. And still don't bring the power of God. Where is the power of God that used to be in the church? Listen to what he calls it. Where is the Pentecostal blessing that used to flow through the churches? He said, that's the reason our world is falling apart. Because we got away from the real principles of God. What's the real principle of God? Get the spirit of God moving in the church. Let the wind blow again. Listen, it wasn't Peter standing up on the day of the book of Acts and he began to lecture the group until they got enough smarts to go out there and begin to spread the gospel. No, it wasn't Peter at all. Peter needed that same wind. Amen. He said, this ain't it, boys. Just hold on. He made a promise. Brother Brandon will say, well, somebody said, well, I got it. No, you ain't got it yet. Hang on a little bit. It's coming. And about that time, they got all in one mind, in one accord, and the Holy Spirit blew through the place, and lights of fire come upon their lives. What started this whole thought was me. I watched a little video the other day. Science is putting out now that actually when an egg of a female is, is germinated by the male, it, it actually gives forth a burst of light. They're catching it on video now, and they're watching it, and all of a sudden, let there be light. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I can remember me, you, when you was in that dark place, away from God, so lost and undone, void, emptiness. You're talking about a real emptiness. How many has experienced that emptiness? But all of a sudden, the Spirit of God began to move. Amen. I don't see him right now, but Brother Justin was sitting there playing a drum. It began to move over his bed one night. What was it? All of a sudden, it hit, and the light, let there be light. There was a word spoke about our brother Justin. There was a word spoke about me. There was a word spoke about brother Joe and brother Craig, brother Aaron, and all of you that's received the life of God. It said, let there be light. And there wasn't no darkness that was going to hold that light back. There wasn't no void or emptiness or depression or spirits of hell that could put itself around and try to guard it and keep it from happening. That spirit came through anyhow. Hallelujah. Don't you know the devil tried to block that book of Acts, tried to block it from happening, but the word was spoke. Go tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power on high. Let there be light. And all of a sudden, and that light is still burning today. Woo, hallelujah. Same as the sun, millions or whatever years ago. Let there be light. And in 2019, 6,000 years past the beginning of time, it's still hanging there. It's still there. It's raining outside. Sounds like clouds must be out there. It's still there. It's still shining today. It's just as good as it is on a bright, cloudless day. It's still there. 
because his word said it would be. And that light broke forth on the day of Pentecost. Let there be light. 2,000 years later, it's still here. That light's still burning, just the same as it burned in Peter, burned in Paul. It's back to another book of Acts again. It's back to the same power, the same resurrection, the same life. It'll bring an old withered hand just like it did and bring it back to life again. And a little boy would play with his fingers and just smile. Oh, hallelujah. And he who started the work is going to finish the work. Hallelujah. It's still burning. He says in the hour. Let me go back. He said, where where is that Pentecostal blessing that used to flow through the churches? That's the reason our world is falling apart. Because we got away from the real principles of God. The educated men got educated men into systems and things. That's what got us into the condition we are today. That's the reason our world is falling apart. Another place in the turn on the light, he said, this, in this hour, brother, when we wonder what's the matter with our revival, what's the matter? We got the material. We got everything. We got the mechanics. But where's the dynamics? That's what we need to move Jesus Christ on the scene. What's the matter? He said, I tell you, there is one here today, hallelujah, called the Holy Ghost that can touch you off with the dynamics. He is the dynamics of the mechanics. We stand today, us Pentecostals, one of the greatest churches in the nation, thousands times thousands added each year, but where is the Holy Ghost? We've accepted it by speaking in tongues. We've seen how it's acting. Now listen to this. Methodists accepted it by shouting. Luther accepted it by faith. Sound like we got more Lutherans in the message again today. And so forth like that. That isn't it. Well, you just received the word while I preach. Well, if there ain't the Holy Ghost there, I'm not receiving nothing but intellectual ideas. And what you conjured up and you're studying has made you mad. To make you think that life is coming from you. Life comes from him. If he ain't in it, it's nothing but man-made creeds. If lives ain't being changed. People say, we're having amazing services, but we don't need altar calls. Yet sitting out there, they got pornography demons. And act like they don't. They're like people whistling in a graveyard. Skeletons in the closet. Oh, we got such a perfect church because I'm preaching. Who fooled you? No, we need the Holy Ghost moving. Don't ever settle for an intellectual sermon. No, sir. I don't want to ever be in a service that's just intellectuals and just this and that, some man's creed. I want to see the Spirit of God moving. And not just over there, right here. (laughs) Amen. He said, we stand today, said Luther, accepted by faith, so forth like that. That isn't it. It's the Word. It's the Word turned on. Hello. 
It's the word turned on. The light turns on the mechanics and they become the dynamics. They are the dynamics. When the dynamics comes to the mechanics, it starts the thing rolling. Take the word. If there's one thing missed up, it won't start. Lay aside every weight, every ism, every creed that the dynamics, the Holy Spirit can flow through the word and vindicate the word that's promised of this day. Then the great church of God will rise to her feet like a jet propelled plane and take off the skies to meet her master that's exactly right until we do that it won't work that's what's about who will do it who will keep it in this day what we're talking about remember 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 it must be the dynamics he says there's churches Churches, brides, brides. Y'all heard this quote. It's been quoted. Men, churches, brides, brides. But there's got to come one. I will restore, saith the Lord. There has to come a real bride. There has to come one that's not only got the mechanics, but the dynamics of it. <laughs> Makes that church live. Move in the power of his resurrection until we come to that place. Until we find that place. What good does it do to polish the hubs? We got this clean looking car on the outside and it's all polished, but inside is the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. We've allowed pornography. We've allowed spirits of hell in our churches, in our lives, and it ain't the church's fault. If the word's being preached and the spirit of God, it ain't the church's fault. It's daddy's fault. It's mama's fault. It's children's fault. It ain't the word. It ain't somebody else in the church's fault. It's you and you alone. But we can polish the hubs. We can make it look all clean and shiny. Sing just certain songs. What good does it do to give her a facelift when there's no dynamics in it? No matter how much the mechanics prove to be right, there's got to be dynamics to make it work. But I can promise you, if the mechanics ain't right, the dynamics ain't going to make it work. That's what he proved. That's what Easter proved. He wasn't the only the Word. He was God himself, the dynamics in the Word. That made the body of Jesus, cold, stiff, dead in the grave, shake to life again and rise again and roll away the stone. I am he that was dead. So dead till the sun said he was dead. The moon said he was dead. The stars said he was All nature said he was dead. And now the whole world has to recognize he's alive again. He was not only the mechanics. He was also the dynamics. Hallelujah. And as he being the groom, the bride has come forth. Comes because it's part of him. And it can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all revelations from all, all the others that spoke of the bride. It can only manifest if it does something different from the groom. It isn't the bride. Because she's flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. She is him. 
Until the church becomes both dynamics and mechanics. The spirit of God that moved him to do the same things he did. If he hit on all 16 cylinders, so will the bride. He said, if he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. I give him a charge of my dynamics into his mechanics that the world will not be able to withstand it. And I'll raise him up again at the last day. That's the message, Easter message, the dynamics and the mechanics being one together. The mechanics without the dynamics is no good. Neither is the dynamics without the mechanics. You can scream and shout. You can jump up and down. You can do what you want to, but deny the word, it won't do no good. You're just cranking the pistons. Got a little spark in there to fire, but no gasoline to fire it by. It's only work as they come together. So one will sit still and the other and go up. That's the only thing there is. Yet both make it look alike. Both claim to be churches. Both claim to be bride. But one has mechanics and dynamics. It proves it brings the past of what he said the truth. It, won't, it just won't move no matter how good the mechanics is until the dynamics come. And when the dynamics come, the fires make contact with the octane, the gasoline, and when that explodes, it causes a combustion. Woo! It causes a light to break forth. It moves every motion, every move, for he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the resurrection. That's the real power of God. Mechanics with the denied dynamics, the spirit that quickens, the spark that fires. It's not the gas that fires. It's the spark that fires the gas. You can do nothing without me, but with me, you can do all things. Hallelujah. Here's the word. It is the Father living. Father sent me, so send I you. As a Father has fired me. Woo. As a Father, as he said, as the Father has fired me and pushed me into everything. I only do that which is pleasing to God. Now as he sent me, so send I you with the same mechanics and the same dynamics to operate it and these signs shall follow them that claim to have the the mechanics and the dynamics will take place. Paul said the gospel came not to us in word only. Not just gasoline, but in spark also. To make it move. There you are. It came to us in the manner. It's the same spirit that raised him up. That quickening power of the Holy Ghost to fall on a dead body in the grave. Whew. And there wasn't enough stone there to hold him in it. There wasn't enough of the governor's seal around it to keep it there. When that word was to break forth, I can imagine that old dark, cold tomb. All of a sudden it went, let there be light. And a body that had been laying there three days stood back up. He didn't have to worry about the stone. There was a power for the stone. Hallelujah. The Bible says there was angels. They rolled that stone away and they sat down on it. They were showing the thing that held you. They're greater than it. <laughs> When that word is quickened, the predestinated moment, that time, is to be quickened, that word in your life, there ain't enough devils to keep it from happening. That's what gives me hope to keep preaching. I can see people sit dead on a pew for years, but I know maybe today's the moment. Maybe this is the time. All of a sudden, they'll hear a voice say, let there be light. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God moves and stones begin to roll out of the way. 
those old chains that held them begin to fall off and the spirits begin to move back and they can walk out of that old grave. Amen. A brand new creature. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I love that song. I'm listening to it. on. A, if you, can, you feel like what I'm feeling, say amen. If you're a new creature, say amen. If you're born by the power of God, say amen. If he's still the same today as he was yesterday, say amen. If he was one of those that was dead in the grave and lost in sin, but the Spirit of God began to woo over you and begin to pull upon you, all of a sudden, light came forth, say amen. If he's here today and he's filled you with the Holy Ghost, there ought to be something on the inside, amen. If there's something that God has done for you, if he's healed your body, you ought to say amen. If he's touched your life, you ought to say amen. If he's brought your lost loved ones back, I would be screaming amen, amen. Hallelujah. Is there somebody here with voice to praise your God, to give him glory, to give him honor, to say amen. I say, yes, Lord. I say, yes, Lord. Let your spirit move on me, Jesus. Let me be the one this morning that it breaks upon. I'll be changed. I'll be moved into another place, into another dimension to give God praise. Oh, let's just stand to our feet, everyone, and just lift your hands to heaven. Come on, young trees, where you at? It's the same wind. Let the wind of God move through you right now. And the Spirit of God began to move. And the Spirit of God began to move. You say, well, my daughter, my son's out there. Well, lost, brother. And the Spirit of God began to move. Hallelujah. Oh, can you say amen? Hallelujah. He said, well, our doctor said it ain't going to do no good. And the Spirit of God began to move. Amen. The other night in that prayer line, Brother Aaron felt it upon his heart to call Sister Lydia up for, to stand for Sister Emily. We just got the news before I went to the pulpit. She said her kidneys were shot and all this stuff. And we just bowed our heads. And he said, but I feel it's time right now. And he brought her up and we prayed over her and to come back and see such a wonderful thing. There ought to be somebody in here to say Amen. Hallelujah. Let the Spirit of God loose this morning. But not just let him loose, let yourself loose. Say, God, I'm throwing away my preconceived ideas. I'm throwing away my pride. I'm throwing away everything. I want to be moved by the Spirit of God. Spirit of God, move. Wind blow. Change our lives. Move us into higher heights and deeper depths. I want the dynamics this morning. Sure, I love the word, but the word is no good unless the spirit anoints it. The letter killeth, but the spirit bringeth life. Hallelujah. He's here for you this morning. I wonder if Brother Philip didn't come sing that song again. I just feel like having me myself a jubilee. Amen. Hallelujah. That was my heart. If I run when nobody else is running, don't worry about it. Something happened to me a long time ago, and I'm thankful for it this morning. Has that change happened for you? Woo.
For everyone who's ever seen a mountain of sin just disappear. For anyone who's ever felt a hand of heaven reach down through their fear and dry your tears. Any life once empty now finds itself alive and full of song victory song and they'll understand the reason for the way the saints of God may carry on so if I shout no one shouting from a heart that's been washed clean in my 